This is the Mind Your Business podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Mind Your Business podcast. My name is Matt Williams. I'm joined by Alan Clark. This week's episode is entitled Resilience Brilliance. So, Alan, what are we talking about today? Well, what we are going to talk about today is exactly what the title alludes to, which is resilience. It's it's certainly a subject that's very, very close to my heart. Um, And of course, it can show up for the human being. It can show up in business. Resilience has been talked a lot, a lot and a lot and a lot in, in media um with um with the respect to the pandemic etc so it's a word it's not quite a buzzword but it's an incredibly useful word if we can actually access it and use it and that's what we're going to get into today fantastic okay and are we talking about businesses are we talking about human beings because i guess there's a few elements of resilience which one are we going to focus on today do you know i i'd love to talk about the human element today i'd I'd really like to (laughs) i'm so predictable but i i would i'd love to talk about the human element so for business owners leaders and entrepreneurs as human beings how can they access and use resilience and why should they and i guess there's a whole piece which we'll get into about the mindset right it's a mindset thing to be resilient it's a it's a skill that some people will be born with some people will develop um Okay, well, look, the yeah. floor is yours, Alan. Kick us off and let's see where we go. So I, as always, I think when you've got a word, we, we should try and standardize it. We should start and uh, define it. And, and whilst there are various definitions in the dictionary, um, what my, my favorite is pr- probably in the engineering space. So in uh, resilience is about snapping back into original shape. Um, Another term I've heard recently is bounce back ability. And also there is that one, I get knocked down, I get back up again. And I know that sounds like a song from the mid 90s, so I won't go there. But but that sort of analogy of you get knocked down and you keep going. So resilience for me is definitely in that space. Yes, it's about in my mind, if I if I someone asked me to define resilience, I would think it's how how well or how quickly you can recover from adversity right given where we are in the middle of a lockdown one day we'll do a podcast and we won't be in a lockdown imagine that wow so um how quickly can we bounce back and so with humans there's a the mental aspect of life in general not just business but everything homeschooling lockdown work money family friends stress all of that is constantly nibbling around the edge of our inbuilt resilience right um, so is there, there's some, um, there's some kind of skills and tips and, and things we can learn and talk about that, that are going to help people with resilience, right? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and even as you were talking there, I, I visualized, I visualized what, what you were saying, and I think that's really useful. So I, I think there's two ways to look at resilience and both are helpful. So both are useful to help you be resilient. And one's from a, a more of a classic psychological mindset way. And one's coming from more of a philosophical, I'm taking a stand to be resilient no matter what. And you're having a bit of a life philosophy moment of, 
I am going to be resilient, you know. So a, a psychological and a philosophical approach, um, which both help massively. Amazing. So can you hit us with one of those? Yeah. So, okay. So just when you were saying about, you, you were saying about nibbling at the sides, like that sort of stuff. So I can start my day and I do start my day um, visualizing my day. You know, we're, we're awake for, what, 16 hours, and I can visualize myself just keep going, just keep moving no matter what, taking a stand to be resilient. I can maybe at that point have some emotions coming up for me that I feel, but I'm making a stand that in this day, I'm going to move forward uh, and I'm going to enjoy it. And there may be some challenge in that day, and that's okay because I'm going to not not necessarily overcome it, but any challenges I'm going to move forward. I'm going to positively move. And um, so when you hear sometimes um, you see some of these quotes on Facebook or something like that that are really in the positive mindset space, like you've got this or, or things like that. I, I that that actually does help. Because you're you're setting a you're setting your stall, you're making a stand that today I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going into this meeting, I'm going to have a smile on my face, I'm going to leave with a smile on my face, and there's nothing that can come my way that's going to keep me down permanently. So this sort of um I get knocked down, I get back up again, I'm just going to keep going. So that would be a, a philosophy. That that would be an example of I'm going to be resilient in my life and and using visual techniques massively helps my my kind of mantra which goes along with that is um that every every time something goes wrong whether that's in life in personal life business life it's an opportunity to learn and as soon as you can get your mind around the fact that you know the worst possible thing to go wrong is therefore the biggest potential opportunity to learn if you can spin it and come out and it's obviously, you know, if you've suffered some devastating blow, you can't instantly just switch on and take the learning from it. But as it settles and as time moves on, if you see every sort of failure or bit of adversity in your life as that opportunity to learn something and be stronger and better for it and commit to that mindset, actually, you can approach life with a much more positive frame of mind, right? And it's true. I think it's 100% true if if you continually make the same mistakes and you don't learn from it, then something's going wrong, right? You've got to look at, pick the bones out of every disaster, understand what you could have done better, what was out of your control, what you could have done better, and then move forward. And that is kind of inbuilt resilience, I guess. And yeah, no, you were going to say something, then you crack on. No, no, it's just, just a slight build there. Um, so for me, again, that, that's you taking a stand that every day I'm going to learn. I, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to get stronger, and I'm going to become more knowledgeable, and I'm going to become better at what I do. You know, that keeps me moving. That keeps me growing. You know, that, to me, that's the resilience. You're growing resilience. There's two words I like I like to use here as a distinction in any situation or circumstance that comes up and we've been interacting with. One is introspection, which is what you're saying is looking for the learning opportunity. So given that circumstance, what can I learn from that and take to use now in the present moment to get stronger and stronger, 
that's a useful for me. That's a resilient way to interact with a past circumstance, maybe. Uh, but we can also interact with it from uh, rumination. Now, I'm going to come on to worry soon, but but rumination is the sort of past version of worry. We just keep going round and round and round and, and we limit ourselves. And that, to me, is taking resilience out of the system. So one's putting it in and one's taking it out. So I just wanted to build on what you've just said there. Okay, Alan. So that's that's the first the first bit done. What else do we do we need to talk about with regard to resilience so so i i think and this this is a recent bit of thinking that that i've had but i think there's a a a a link for sure of resilience and worry and i i think worry is a bit of a worm in the dream and i think worry takes um strength out of potential resilience i and you know so I just want to share a recontext that anyone can do with worry that I think helps resilience. So we, we can have worry. Okay, we worry. Every human being worries. And what you get rewarded with worry is more worry uh, and, and, and anxiety and, and that emotion. Uh, you're certainly not getting rewarded with the solution. Uh, you're not in action. So, so that whole bit of resilience, I stand back, uh, keep going, or uh, snap back into original shapes, not happening with worry. And we're creating that horror story that we talked about in an earlier. That's part. right. So, so you're you're in, you've got low emotions. You're getting really scared. You're worried, um, and you're getting more and more. You're you're not at your creative best. So you're not you're not being resilient, and you're not impacting as you could optimally in the world, and upgrading. Choosing to upgrade a worry to challenge is, is a different way of thinking about worry. And this isn't just about changing the name. Um, but if we suddenly started to think of what was worries now as challenges that we can now move forward, even if it's a slight bit, and, and we convert the worry to challenge through, and we've used this word in a previous podcast, by clarity. So just looking at actually what we feel is worrying at us and, and, and seeing in, in glorious technical or what, what's the truth or our perception of the truth, in many cases, first of all, knocks the worry over because we've exposed the worry as being a lie. So it's not true. Or we're now looking at a, a situation that we are calling a challenge. We're getting into action and we're moving forward. And I might have all the answers right now, and or I might not. So I can go and Google it. I can go and read a book. I can phone a friend. I can talk to an accountant. I can talk to a coach. But I can move forward. And the less worry I have in my system and the more challenge is the language of resilience. I'm moving forward. I'm leading a few challenges, and that's great because I'm growing from the challenges by overcoming the challenges, and I'm, I'm making more and more of an impact in the world. I'm moving forward. And for me, that, that's another um, brilliant way to access resilience that, that makes a difference. Well, absolutely, because you're, what you're doing there is you're taking all of the, the worry thoughts, which are focused on the problem, and you're turning them into challenge thoughts, which are focusing on the solution. And you're always going to be more energized thinking about a solution. And you're going to have a better conversation if you ring your friend and you, you know, this is the challenge. How do we fix it? That's a much more positive conversation than I'm really worried that this is happening. 
So 100% get that. That makes perfect sense. And um, when, when we've been talking about this, what's been playing over in my mind, and this is going off on a bit of a tangent, do you think people are born optimists or born pessimists? Because this feels like this is in there. I'm an optimistic person. My wife tells me I don't worry about anything, which as my business coach, <laughs> you can attest to, is not the case. But my general, <laughs> my general thought process is positive. I will look for solutions. I will keep moving forwards, always in action, as you say. Um, but there are people out there that that are that that are the opposite of that, and they are consistently letting the worry drive them. So do you do you can do you sign up for this theory that there are born optimists and not? Oh, that, that's a that's a killer question, Mark. <laughs> um, okay, I I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, but I've read a lot of the positive psychology genre about optimism and, and pessimism. And, you know, the, what, what I can say is there's definite evidence for learned pessimism, or okay. as what's called in that circle, learned helplessness, actually. Uh, I, I can absolutely say that as human beings, we can learn to be helpless and we can learn to be pessimistic. And I guess conversely, if we can learn to be helpless and we can be learn learn to be uh, pessimistic, we can learn to be optimistic. So I would suggest that even if we are born pessimists or optimists, and there is a direct link to our genes to 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 these traits, we can learn to do the opposite. And 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 then you're in because if I'm brought up in in a pessimistic with a pessimistic mum and dad. Uh, and you know, I, I'm probably, probably more prone to, to take some of that on, unless I'm a, a rebel, a rebel, and then of course I go the opposite. But but there is probably some environmental impact there. So learned behaviour. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. However, once I start to read, and 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 have books, have literature, have humans that inspire me. And, and I see an optimistic way of being, and I see the impact and results from being optimist. And I, you, I have not researched this at all. This is in the moment, but there's definite health benefits versus for optimists versus uh, pessimists. They, they, they really are. So readers, uh, readers, listeners, go and Google the benefits of, of living longer, actually of careers, uh, of wealth, there is definitely significant benefit between optimists and pessimists. Now, to bring us back to resilience, I suspect optimists are more resilient than pessimists. I suspect they are. That would make sense, wouldn't it? And how about, because this all plays into the manifestation of someone that's not necessarily as resilient or in that resilient mindset is stress. Uh -huh. So that background stress would build because you're, you don't have the tools or the mindset to deal with it. And it, it all, it, it, I mean, everything we're saying here is taking me back to that horror story and the tools that you showed us in that, that podcast about how to get out from, this kind of end point that is disastrous in your mind because it's never the same. That's where my mind is going to. I guess my other point to talk about with resilience is around the, um, you can be resilient if your mindset is, you're comfortable understanding that there are things in, in life that you cannot control. 
lockdown, right? It's not in our control. Yes. And again, this is this is a conversation I have with my wife daily. My wife is stressed about lockdown, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I'm not. I I'm, I don't enjoy lockdown, but I'm not. I don't have any background stress about it because I can't control it. Right? We do what we get, we're told. We have to stay indoors. That's that's life. Take that into every other aspect of life. Right? If you can't control it, why are you worrying about it? Like, well, it'll either happen or it won't. You can't do anything about it. What you can do, look at what you can control and make sure that is as nailed on as can be. And you understand all the potential outcomes of that. And you take see that as the challenge. If it's out of your hands, it's out of your hands, right? If it's going to happen, the asteroid's going to hit the Earth tomorrow, why worry about it today, right? We can't do anything. Can, can I can I build on that there? So th- th- this, is a tr- this is a true story, actually. Um my son, Michael, um, has a real passion for history, and so do I. And we've been in this house for six years, and I've got a, a stack of history books that are that I find really engaging that are in the garage. And two nights ago, I went out and um, looked and found them to give to Michael, my son, to read. Right, brilliant. And in that, one of the boxes was the book, uh, the famous book by Stephen Covey, which is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, It's a wonderful book. I'd I'd recommend everyone read it. But in that, there's a model that he has got, and it's two circles, one within each other. So the inner circle is called Circle of Influence, and then a circle around that, Circle of Concern. And, and actually, what he says is, look, let's all focus on our circle of influence. So just what you're just saying there, so focus on your circle of influence. What can you influence? Um, which you start with looking in the mirror. Where can I improve? How can I get better? If I'm in business, how can I make my service better than it is right now? You know, client astonishment, customer astonishment. How can I make it better for my colleagues? All that stuff's in the mix. Moving our circle of influence out and not focus on the circle of concern. And what, what you get is the circle of influence widens out, widens out, widens out. And by definition, the circle of concern is shrinking in its uh, capacity, uh, its size. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, simple way to think about. And and again, that, that's a resilient way of being, isn't it? I'm focusing on everything I can actually impact and improve on. And and, and lo and behold, my influence in the world is going out uh, and my concerns are, are shrinking. I love that. That's I'm going to have that conversation with my wife later. <laughs> Although she listens to the podcast, so you just get it. You'll get it a better effect of it from Alan than you will from my explanation later. Okay, so so we've what are we at now? We're 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 getting towards the end here. So should we should we not quite sum up, but let's recap what we've talked about, and then I think there's probably a couple more points to make, and then that'll be us done. So so what have we covered so far, Alan? Where are we? So I think what what so what we've covered is the subject of resilience, and we've actually headlined that it's in two domains. One is human resilience, and one is business resilience. And for this podcast, we've got into human resilience, um, and I, I I kicked us off with with different ways to to think about resilience. We defined it, and then also then to access it and use it. Because uh, what's the point? It's not an intellectual exercise, is it? Resilience is a real thing. We can touch it, we can feel it, and we can use it. So let, let's do it. 
And um, and I started with a philosophical approach about imagining yourself at the start of the day, just keep going, keep going, get knocked down, get back up again. Um, I, I really, really like that. I also talked about worry uh, as a as actually, um, or what you call it, a worm in the dream, uh, a black spot in a white paint, whatever that may be. But that worry is taking resilience out of the system. And we talked about upgrading a worried enter challenge and, and therefore putting resilience back into the system by moving forward. And then we got to a point where I remembered that I had got Stephen Covey's book out of the garage and that circle of concern versus circle of influence. We've done it. Now, oh, we I've just remembered exactly what your point is, though, which was optimism versus pessimism. And I that that we could do four podcasts in that uh, space, but we had a conversation, and I think we concluded that optimists have more resilience than pessimists. And I'm open to feedback from listeners on if that's actually true, but I suspect it is. I suspect it is. And we can get learned pessimism and learned helplessness and we can get learned optimism as well. So it's a wonderful subject that we've tried to cover in about 24 minutes. And I've got one more point, which I was going to make earlier, and it disappeared out of my mind. Um, But I think if you were to draw a cross-section of the human race and look at what section of people are the most resilient. I think it's children. And I think it's specifically Mm. under 12. So preteen children are the most resilient humans on the planet, right? You can see it now. If you've got kids and you're seeing them go through what the effect that lockdowns had on them socially with how their lessons and school life is just pointed on its head. And they bounce out of bed every day and they crack on. And and I think that comes all the way back to that point I made a little bit earlier about controlling what you can control. Because the kids at that age, they don't know what's going on. They understand there's a you know, there's this thing, this virus, and they've this is what they've got to do. And after that, they don't care because there's nothing it, it's you know what? I can't do anything about it. That's the inbuilt thing. The kids are in wrapped up in their own world and and that makes them resilient because they are focusing on what they can, what affects them. And they don't, it's not that they don't care. They have no concept of it affecting anybody else, right? It's, a, it's an absolutely wonderful point. And, and actually, you know, for me, there's something here in emotions and adults and, you know, emotions very much linked into resilience. So if we're, I've talked about worry, but if we're anxious, we're fearful, we're depressed, et cetera, we're, we're, we're lower down the emotional ladder, as I call it. We're certainly not joyous, passionate, enthusiastic, and, and, and re- resilience coming from a, a higher uh, emotional state probably but where I'm going with this is under an emotion is a thought and one of the big limiters of adults is actually what other people think of us or comparing tinnitus or I couldn't possibly present because I, I can't deal with the rejection of somebody not liking what I've got to say and that just slows us right down in, in a negative way uh, and limits us and, and 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 certainly is not resilient. Uh, we're shrinking, whereas children typically don't have that. Certainly, it isn't as formed as that, and that's probably one of the reasons why they are more resilient. I definitely agree. Okay, so look, we are coming up to the end of the podcast. So if we talk, just let's pick out the tips that we've talked to people about. 
the takeaways. So we have talked about um, my kind of take on life, which is that every everything that goes wrong is an opportunity to learn, right? Every failure, in every failure, there is an opportunity to learn what went wrong and be better for it. So the bigger the failure, the bigger the learning opportunity. Um, you mentioned um, the secrets of successful people and the circle uh-huh. of influence and the circle of concern yep. which is phenomenal uh, that's a book that everyone everyone mm-hmm. that's listening to this podcast should have read that book right if you've run in a business the the habits of successful people absolutely the, the seven habits of highly effective people that's it i could get the name wrong but i know the book right <laughs> what else did we talk about in terms of physical tips we talked about um optimism and pessimism and how they are both learned behaviors or learned ways of being actually and actually there is a, a direct link with resilience and optimism with for sure and focusing uh, on only what you can control absolutely i i love thinking of of my day visualizing being resilient in that engineering definition of a snap back into original shape or i get knocked down i get back up again so i know what my day is going to look like and i choose to be resilient is is awesome and it really works and any human being can access that right now there's then we talked about worry and that was what yeah that's what i was going to say we talked about yeah yeah the opposite of worry being seeing the challenge and going from a, a worry mindset to a challenge and that yep. and that i think is the the little nugget of gold amongst all of that that's the bit that i'm taking away personally okay so that's just on on resilience and being brilliant within resilience um on a human level i think we're going to come back maybe not next week but at some point we're going to come back and talk about just how resilience within a business works in terms of there's various aspects of resilience within a business. There's digital resilience in terms of new technology and how that's mm-hmm. influencing our world. There's financial resilience, obviously. There's disaster recovery. There's lots of... And there's the mindset of the business owner, which we yeah. just talked about today. Yeah. So we're going to leave it there for now. Um, as ever, listen to us on Apple Podcast. Reviews are fantastic. Five-star reviews. We've only got five-star reviews so far. So if we can keep that going, <laughs> that's phenomenal. <laughs> Subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Um interact with us on LinkedIn. All of that's really positive and helps us build the podcast. But for now, that's all from me and that's all from Alan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.